Sit down, chill, and relax, because you're here with T.C. Mason, tuning in for another episode of Spiked Lemonade. Cheers! It's episode seven of the Spike Lemonade podcast, and you're having a nice chilled glass of lemonade with your girl, T.C. Mason, health and happiness strategist, when we talk about everyday experiences and everyday things spiked with a slice of mental health. So last episode, we talked about cherry blossoms, crabs, and coronavirus, and we talked about how the information received can quickly shift our attitudes and thereby, you know, change our behavior. Like we can go from not that serious to serious real quick, from zero to buy all the toilet paper in the land, right? But what if there are some other differences going on too? Like the differences between individualistic and collectivist cultures. Uh, you know, did you consider that? Think about that? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Are you ready? I hope so. The lemon has been dropped, so let's get into it. Okay, getting right into it. So in terms of this managing the spread of the coronavirus, there's been a huge difference in how China has handled it and how the United States has handled it. And I wonder if it's because of our cultural differences that China has gotten a handle on it and the United States is still struggling. Now, remember in the season's first episode, we talked about how individual states were setting their own limits, their own restrictions. Everybody was pretty much doing their own thing. So let's take a look at some of these states and we're just going to talk about some of the differences that you're seeing all across the United States. Like people are not on the same page at all. And I wonder if people not being on the same page, if since all of us are doing different things, if if it's having an effect and whether this uh, coronavirus is being contained or not. So let's look at Georgia. Georgia... Uh, they're reopened gyms, they've reopened hair salons, bowling alleys, and uh, all the things almost, <laughs> it seems. Uh, restaurants can offer dine-in services, but they can only allow 10 customers per 300 feet. Gatherings of more than 10 are prohibited. And what else is there? Oh, this order lasts up until May 31st. And then there's a previous order that mandated that people 65 and older and other at-risk individuals shelter in place up until June 12th. So you have Georgia opening up almost everything. Like you can get your hair done, nails done, all that stuff. Just have enough distance in between. Okay. Okay, Georgia. All right. That's what you're doing. Now, in New York. And remember, we talked about last episode, New York. You know, their numbers were going up. It was it was getting crazy in them streets. I mean, it's already crazy in those streets in New York, but it was getting crazier with the pandemic, right? So you have the governor of New York. He extended and he modified the state stay-at-home order. So most of the state, including New York City, they have to continue to work from home. Uh, and that's through May 28th. The gatherings of any size, public or private, are prohibited through May 28th. Beauty salons, nail salons, barber shops, and tattoo parlors must remain closed. Groceries, gas stations, pharmacies, essential businesses, they can still be open. So you have that going on. And then he also has that anyone over the age two must wear a face mask when in public. And they are unable to maintain social distancing. And there's a fine for not following social distancing guidelines from $500 to $1,000. So you have more restrictions in New York, less restrictions in Georgia. 
All right, let's take it to Nevada, Las Vegas. The governor there is just reopening, okay? The stay-at-home order expired May 15th. Gatherings of more than 10 still prohibited. People are encouraged to telework, but restaurants can resume dining services. But tables must be six feet apart, and other sanitation and social distancing guidelines must be implemented. Barbershops, hair salons, retail businesses can reopen with restrictions. So let me get this straight. <laughs> the restaurants are opening. The barbershops, all of that, that's in Las Vegas. The things that are closed in Las Vegas, the nightclubs, the casinos, the gaming operations, the gyms, movie the theaters, still must remain closed. Okay, so we just went from, where do we go? From New York to Georgia to Las Vegas, Nevada, you know, differences. I'm going to read one more because if I read all of the different states and all of their different restrictions and limitations and different rules and how they think the pandemic is affecting their constituents. We would be here all day. You hear me? All day. So I'm going to do this last one. Virginia, uh, they signed an order delaying Northern Virginia's reopening at least until May 29th. So uh, phase one of the new plan is that, um, you know, no more gatherings, more than 10 people, Restails, retail stores can open at a reduced capacity, and restaurants can resume outdoor dining but must limit the number of customers. Gyms and fitness centers can offer outdoor classes. Hair salons can take appointments but no walk-ins. I really don't get the uh, gyms and fitness centers can offer outdoor classes. I'm like, sweat, what's happening? Like sweat bubbles, you know, they can fly. Does that not... You know, I, I don't know. So, but that's what Virginia is doing. But they're still doing a stay-at-home order until June 10th. I was just explaining what their phase one of the new plan, um, they would, that's their phase one of the new plan. So you're looking at all of these different things, all of these different uh, restrictions, guidelines. Some people are extending the stay-at-home order. Some people are... Um, uh, doing away with it, you know, there are restaurants that are, op are opening, there are some people who are allowing gyms to open, which is, listen, I teach classes at a gym, and even before this pandemic, when it was first starting, and they were saying, you know, they were saying that, you know, you need hand sanitizer or Lysol, and I was saying, hey, I'm going to call out of teaching classes for right now until this situation is resolved because the gym is one of the most uh, germy places ever. Even though they have people who clean and everything, oh my gosh, you could get staph infections and all that. I don't got time for it. I got a whole family and I cannot risk my whole family because I have to teach classes. I just couldn't, couldn't do it. So I made an executive decision like I'm going to take a time out and do something else until you know, they can figure out what's going on. And then at that time, the gym had run out of uh, the cleaner to clean the equipment. And I'm like, hey, where's the stuff? And they're like, oh, you know, we ran out. Oh, okay. If you ran out, then I'm running out of here. You hear me? <laughs> you hear me? So that happened. So I'm saying all of this stuff is happening. You know, we have different rules, all that stuff. But how does this play a part 
how does this play a part in affecting whether we are managing the virus or not? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do us good at all. I mean, chaos, confusion, it's too many different rules. So let's look at some numbers. So I took a look at some numbers. They have a Coronas tracker, and I'll mention it in the show notes where you can just take a peek at some of the numbers. Now, some of these numbers may be a little off, I will say, because, you know, this is changing every day. So this is as of when I checked it. And uh, by that time, it could have changed. So right now in the United States, we have 1,071,853 active cases. 88,369 are deceased. Rest in peace. 321,377 people have recovered. Okay, so those are the numbers for the United States. So let's stick a pin in that and let's talk about China and the way that they have managed and some of the things that they've done thus far. Okay, so we know that the coronavirus started in December. And from that time, China implemented aggressive social distancing like they wasn't playing. They analyzed the mobility of the corona cases, put in place a cordon satinaire. No, satire. Sanitaire. <laughs> All right. A public health measure that aims to control the spread of an infectious disease. And what that did was it established a no travel zone and then it restricted people from traveling inside and outside of the specific zone. They had, you know, no school workplace closures, stay-at-home orders, and because of those things, the spread of the disease fell. Um, the government was also aggressive in launching a tracking system to trace contacts of confirmed cases. So let me get this straight. The government went in a full-fledged effect to try to manage and figure out how to make sure that it didn't spread. So they use mobile apps, like mobile phone apps, Alipay and WeChat. Um, they use that to help enforce the restrictions. And it allowed the government to keep track of people's movements and even stop people with confirmed infections from traveling. Like, their system is so complex and so awesome. Like, it's like of a, um, it's like a traffic light system. And what it does is it puts a, a certain color code on your mobile phones in which green, yellow, or red designate a person's health status. So if you have like a red status, it lets the guards at the train station, like if you were trying to get on the train or travel somewhere, it lets them know like, oh no, no ma'am, no sir, you can't get through. And because of this system, it has really, really helped to reduce the numbers and reduce contamination. So let's talk about it. Like, how did this concerted effort play a part in managing the spread of the disease? Let's look at the numbers. Jay-Z said numbers don't lie. I don't know. But when you're in politics, sometimes the numbers do lie. But let's look at what the numbers say. 82,923 total cases. At the time that I pulled these numbers which was um, May, what is it? May 14th, 15th or something like that. At the time that I pulled these numbers, 91 active cases, 4,633 deceased, rest in peace. 
78,209 cases recovered. So, not only are the numbers between China and the United States different, but we also have two different cultures. And I wonder if the psychological piece behind the cultures is the reason why it's been handled differently. That's what I wonder. Before we can even get to that point, we got to figure out what's the difference between uh, individualism and a collectivism culture. So, so glad you asked that question and so glad inquiring minds want to know. So, an individualism culture values uniqueness, independence, autonomy, self-reliance. Like, we like standing out and we like being different, right? In contrast, a collectivism culture values interdependence. That means working together. It's about the group. It's about social harmony, right? And one of the greatest examples comes from one of my favorite movies, Eddie Murphy's Coming to America. And if you haven't seen it, you need to check it out because you need to know about this scene and you need to know about the movie, period. So there's a part in the movie where Eddie Murphy's character was breaking the tradition of the arranged marriage. And he was going to America to find a wife. So he was, in essence, pursuing his happiness over the group dynamics, over what was best for royalty at that time. And Lisa, the girl he was pursuing, she was also doing the same thing. Because remember, her father wanted her to marry Mr. Soul Glow. Soul Glow! <laughs> he wanted her to marry Mr. Soul Glow because it was a union of two affluent companies, McDowell and Soul Glow, whatever the Jerry Curl movement was going on. You got to check out the movie. So she was pursuing her goals over the group. Uh, and what was good for the family. So she was about pursuing her happiness. Anyways, check out that movie, but it's a good example of how people choose to break away from the group and the amount of distress that it can cause when you try to do something different from what you've been raised in or how your culture has shaped what you are supposed to do, right? So the U.S. is about individualism. Did you guess that yet or no? So it's about individualism, and we pride ourselves in being different, where China is about collectivism. And so according to two studies, there was one by Ree and others, and Triandis and others, I'll put it in the show notes, that looked at collectivism and individualism cultures. And it noted that people with the independent view say that the only person you can count on is yourself. And I enjoy being unique and different from others. And in contrast, those with the in interdependent view were more likely to agree that I'm partly to blame if one of my family members or co-workers fails. And my happiness depends on the happiness of those around me. So what you have here is you have team, personal goal, take priority over the team versus uh, what's best for the group as a whole. Does this sound familiar as we talk about coronavirus and how the two different cultures have handled how to manage it? Does it sound familiar? And again, why is this important? It's so important to understand the cultures that we're living in because they tend to shape 
how we are and they tend to shape uh, how we view ourselves and our and our identity and then it goes further because it plays a big part in how we behave and our behaviors and the things that we do the things that we don't do and so when you see people going to the wharf you know I'm a DC native um, I'm a DC native so when you see people going to the wharf and they're going to get crabs and you see them not social distancing and you have all of these different states doing their own thing some people are following everything to the T some people are like no we don't believe you all of this stuff so you have all these different things and then you look at China they were able to come together as a group and do these things like systematically and it drastically changed their situation where their numbers were like supremely high and then now they are lower and now the United States is taking over in terms of the cases and not being able to control it and it plays a big part in how we act on things so if you're coming from a culture that prides itself in doing things different or doing things your own way or being unique you see all this stuff all the different states doing their own thing and sometimes when you've been conditioned in that way it's hard for you to break away and adapt a collectivist culture whereas the um, health of the group is more important than yourself you know and I don't think the United States has acted in that way and I, I, I don't know you tell me so think about you know how people are acting and how they have been raised under what culture and does that shape our decision-making you know and when people try to break away from the culture remember we talked about cancel culture it all it all comes together because it's still a piece about belonging to the group belonging to the culture that you were raised in and what that looks like to break away from it and sometimes breaking away from that culture can cause distress you know I go back to the coming to America example when Eddie Murphy was breaking away from his uh, heritage or his culture about you know this is an arranged marriage this is what we do you know we put the best uh, royalty together because it is about the best for our whole country when he was breaking away from that oh it was causing some drama it was causing some drama so imagine that today it's contributing to all the chaos all the stuff that's going on and people are stressed because you are telling people to in essence be something that they don't know or haven't been we are saying everybody come together for the benefit of the group and the United States has prided itself on being different and unique you come here to break away so you know what do you think can we compromise for the sake of the group can we be flexible and adapt to a different way of thinking for the health of the group oh man this conversation is getting trickier and trickier and trickier what do you think it is whew, and we still got more to go so what stay tuned thanks for listening this concludes another episode of the spike lemonade podcast with your girl health and happiness strategist tc mason 
Join in on the conversation and don't miss another episode. Subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a review. And if you really want to get in on the Slack Lemonade conversations, suggest some topics, some guests, even a situation of the day. And you can email us at lemondrop at spikedlemonade.live. Again, we want to hear from you. Email us at lemondrop at spikedlemonade.live. Catch your next episode. Peace and lemons.